Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. Joined this week by Eric from across the pond. Once again, back co-hosting on the Quick Pit Podcast, filling in for Connor. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm not sick this time, so um, that's that that's going to be way better. I'm not going to be struggling not to sneeze the whole time. That's, that's good. It's good that you're not allergic to the podcast this week. Um, this episode is brought to you by SpoilerDieCast.com. Go there for your... Latest and greatest NASCAR diecast. Every week there's new 124s, 164s of the next gens from the 2022 season. As well as, I saw this, um, your man Chris Busher, Eric. That's the first 2023 diecast that's in stock. Um, now, it is just basically a copy-paste of his fifth, third scheme from this year, but it is technically a 2023 diecast. So um, they're already starting to roll those out. Lionel is finally catching up from the, the, the COVID uh, shutdown that put them about six months back. Um, so it's exciting. I got some new diecasts for Christmas. Eric, you will have a few new diecasts coming for late Christmas when our package arrives. Um, so, yeah, spoilerdiecast.com. Use code QUICKPIT, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. For free shipping on any order, $19.98 or more. That's two 164 diecasts. That's all $19.98 or more. Quote quick pick gets you free shipping and other special offers. And as always, 213simware.com, proud partner of the Quick Pit Podcast. Go there for all your sim racing merchandise and needs. And make sure you check out Washington on the daily for his coverage of the now eliminated Washington Commanders on Instagram. And Twitter, that's at WSH on the daily for all that coverage. All right. How are you holding up with the offseason? We're now past Christmas. I feel like once the once the calendar flips over, I can I can start getting excited about racing again. I don't know if it, it's because it's been a slower uh like a news based offseason. I feel like we haven't had a lot of news to like create hype and, and anticipation. I feel like it's gone by way quicker. Like it, I remember the off season before the next gen car, I was suffering. It was tough. This one just has just went by. I haven't felt it at all. Um, so I, and I think that that's because most of the, you know, off season mysteries have been solved before the off season started. And there's not as much anticipation, I, I feel like, for me at least, because I already know how stuff is going to play out. So well, I'm very excited for the season. But yes, I would agree is that without the next gen car, uh, it does seem to be flying by. Continue. Um, so I'm 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 obviously still excited because there's a lot of stuff that there, there there's a lot of stuff like performance wise with certain drivers that I want to see how I want to see how it's going to play out. Like I want to see if Christopher Bell's going to break out more than he did last year. I want to see if Ross Chastain's going to keep being good. I want to see if Kyle Busch is going to, uh, you know, do well at RCR. So, um, I'm excited, but for different reasons compared to last year. So, it's been an interesting off season so far. It absolutely has. Let's get into the news first. 
And uh, first, some very sad news. As of January 2nd, Monday, January 2nd, um, Ken Block has passed away, the legendary rally and stunt driver, passed away at age 55 from a snowmobile accident near his home in Utah on Monday. Um, you'd recognize him from the Hoonigan. Um, apparently, he's the co-founder of DC Shoes, which I did not know that. Um, and he went from, well, this is really interesting. I didn't know this about him. So he founded the skateboard brand DC Shoes in 1994. He sold the company in 2004 and went from being a marketing executive to motorsports. Um, and so, you know, I don't think, unless you never told me about it, I wasn't a big rally fan. You're not a big rally fan, but everyone knows the name Ken Block. And so this is really sad especially in the motorsports community, like no matter what you, what motorsport you follow, you've probably seen, you know, a Ken block video of him drifting around a really tight mountain or something like it. The man is legendary. He's, he was the probably one of the best at what he did, considering so many people knew about him, even those that weren't in the motorsport, you know, community. I, I this is a huge loss for, for drifting and and for rally and for motorsports as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I if you ask me to name like two two rally drivers, I would say Ken Block, Travis Pastrana. That's that's all that's all if you don't follow, that's all you know. He's he is such a big name, such a big icon. So many cool things. The thing that that comes to mind is his Pike Pike's Peak run. Um with with his Mustang like drifting with the tires on the edge of the cliff around a hairpin and the Pikes Peak Hill climb. Like like you said, the man's legendary, known to so many in the motorsports community, so many outside of it. Um, his car, his vehicle is instantly recognizable, those monster machines, and he'll be missed. It's uh it, it caught me completely by surprise yesterday. Um it's just crazy. I wonder if we're going to see maybe some sort of tribute from the monster-sponsored drivers in, in NASCAR, maybe like a special paint scheme or something. That would be that would be really neat if, if they do that. Um, it would probably likely be Deegan, actually, because I think she's the only monster-sponsored driver who... Uh, oh, Herps, too. Um, probably not... Well, wait, wait. Okay, where's Monster going with Kurt leaving? Uh, Ty Gibbs. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about Ty Gibbs. I'm sorry. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, he's he's but uh, man, what an off season. I I completely forgot about him. Uh, but I would not. I would love to see Herbst and uh, Deegan do something. Um, they uh, his number was 43, I believe. I'm not sure, but if they do like, if they use that font and that scheme, um, that would be a really cool, oh, that's a cool number font. Uh, that would be a really neat way to, to honor his, his career. Um, yeah, it, it's really sad to see him go. I'm sure there'll be more information as it comes out, but, uh, keep his family in your thoughts and prayers and, um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. All right. So a big loss. Yeah. 
the the other, I guess not as sad news, but it's definitely concerning is that over the past couple of weeks, it's uh, we've started noticing some sponsors being removed from team um, team web pages. Uh, you brought this up to me before we started recording, so why don't you break that down to to start off? Yeah, so uh, this morning I uh, I saw a Reddit post that mentioned Kohler missing from the RFK partner partners page on their website. Um, Kohler is uh, a really big brand in the RFK um, ecosystem because they sponsor a lot of races. I'm pretty sure the six car had 14 races with Kohler. If that is indeed true, when the Kohler is gone, that is a huge gap in the RFK sponsorship. Um, schedule that will have to be filled and um throughout the day i've noticed more and more posts mentioning certain sponsors leaving uh right before i got on the zoom call i noticed uh a shock being gone from the henrik motorsports page and in the comment section of that post it was mentioned that this is probably the biggest one because um it was pretty much as close to a full-time sponsor as you could get focus factor is gone from the petty gms website yeah, that's the one that shocked me because I'd seen the other two posts for um, Ashok and and for Kohler. Uh, for Kohler, I don't know how how I, I I'm skeptical. Okay, because you remember just like a month ago there was those commercials that they released with Brad. That's true. So I I wonder, and also this would be the the. This would also be the time of the year that teams are updating their website, working on stuff like, you know what I mean? There's a chance things could be shuffled around or, or left off. Like, I, I'm not too concerned yet because uh, there, there hasn't been an official announcement. Now, Ashok, however, I think I'm not surprised by that. Um, I really... I'm not, I'm, yeah, like that, that, that doesn't shock me at all, to, to be perfectly honest, because um, a lot of, uh, sorry, a lot of gas stations in my area, a lot of convenience stores were carrying it are now starting to drop it. I don't think A-Shock might be, not be doing the greatest at the moment. So that, that I've, I've kind of almost been expecting A-Shock to, to leave. So maybe Pepsi comes back. Oh, that would be cool because um, Pepsi is iconic. It, I, I, it was really sad to see them go. Like the whole Pepsi and Coke war, which, you know, was not like explicitly happening, but like there was definitely some tension, right? Like b between the big soda giants both being involved in NASCAR. You, like, you could, you, you, there was definitely like some competition there, right? And so yeah. it was a big loss to see them go. I agree. Um, I, 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 I don't know who would fill it in, but I feel like it would have to be another. Like typically, A Shock filled Pepsi shoes, so maybe it'll be another energy drink to come in. But energy drinks aren't doing the greatest right now. I mean, didn't Bang just go under? Oh, I didn't know about that. I feel like Bang is struggling at the moment. Anyway, um, focus factor though that 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 could be huge. I mean, I think 
they get overlooked a little bit as to how much I, I think without focus factor, Eric Jones does not have the season he had in 2022. He doesn't win at Darlington, you know, um, he, and, and let's not forget that, that Ty Dillon really had to patch together a season last year as well uh, from, from a sponsorship standpoint. So I, I'd be concerned for, for Petty GMS. If, if focus factor is really gone, um, what that means for their, for the 43 car. I mean, who's, who's going to fill that gap? Because basically focus factor took all, all the races last year that in 2021 were sponsored by, by Petty Garage or, or like Victory Junction, you know? Yeah. And, and so sure U.S. Air Force or U.S. Space Force, or like, like there'll be four military races, and there'll be a couple like Bomberito Auto Group races, and and you know the the s the the one-off STP car at Darlington, but there's gonna be twenty-five races to fill on that car. I mean, that's the biggest hole to fill. I mean, HMS Ajax leaving that that's unfortunate, but. There, there's probably sponsors lining up at Hendrick Motorsports' door to like Hendrick is probably the only company that can turn sponsorship away aside from maybe Bubba Wallace at 2311, you know? And they'll have no problems filling Ed- Elliott's sponsorship. RFK always has new sponsors year in and year out. But Petty GMS replacing Focus Factor, that that's the big concern for me. You know, um, this kind of brings up an interesting point. You would agree that Johnson, you know, buying into Petty GMS was kind of out of left field. Like no one was expecting that. Yeah. What if Petty GMS knew for some time that, hey, Focus Factor is not coming back and they're relying on, you know, the fact that Johnson is a pretty big name to maybe attract a sponsor to fill in the gap? That's, that's not a bad theory. I don't think you turn down Jimmy Johnson buying into your team, even if focus factor is coming back, you know, like you can never have too much sponsorship. We don't know what Gregson's uh, sponsorship deal is going to look like next year. Given that black rifle is still on the website for petty GMS right now. Uh, I would guess that there's a, a good amount of Black Rifle races, probably some Bass Pro races. Besides that, they're probably going to have to to. They're probably going to have 15 races to fill as well. So, I, I mean, but yes, and, and I wonder if the how much of the money that Johnson is investing into the team, how much of that will just go into daily operations as well if they need it without the sponsorship. I think if this was just petty on their own, they would have been they would have been done. Like they would have shut down their 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 team. If there was if this was just petty, like if this was Richard Petty Motorsports, the one that was struggling to get sponsorships with Bubba, I think such a, a big loss would probably close down their doors. With GMS, however, being on there, um, you know the the Gallagher family does seem to have a lot of, of money behind them, right? So I feel like that might you know keep them around that might be enough to to get from to get them through the season if this was just petty i think they would have been done yeah 
Now, here is uh, something to, to keep in mind. Uh, not only is Petty GMS still on the Focus Factor website, um, on the front page of the Focus Factor website, there's a big video uh, spot for a commercial involving Petty and Jones. And there's still a tab for NASCAR on their website. So um, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't rule it out just yet. I don't. I don't think. But um, the Kohler one. What do you think of the Kohler one? What um, do you think that would impact RFK much? Uh, not really. Um, like you said, um, RFK has uh, always somehow manages to find sponsors. That's that's one thing that has never really that they never really stopped being good at. Like even when they were struggling performance wise, there was never a moment where there was like a blank uh you know roush car maybe an outlier like stenhouse in the xfinity series but the the, the roush car always had trouble with funding in, in xfinity um but like they they've had huge sponsorship loss before like when when viagra left or when when the wall left i think they'll be fine or when um 3m 3m or valvoline oh yeah They've had a lot. I think I think they'll be fine. All right. Well, any other thoughts on sponsors? Any news of other sponsors coming in or out that you've heard of, or are those the only three? Um, I don't know if you've already talked about this on, on the podcast. To be completely honest, it's been very tough to keep up with it lately. <laughs> um, have you talked about the the FedEx stuff? No, actually. Well, maybe maybe no. That's that's happened. Yeah, you you reminded me. Yeah, that I think that deal ends when Denny Hamlin's contract expires. I I hate to say it, and you all know that I do not like Denny Hamlin, but FedEx is a key sponsor for this sport, um, and that would be a really big hit to see them go. Um. Does F one have a similar? Does F one give like more money to the teams, like from TV deals and stuff? I'm not sure because depending on how the TV deal for 2024 goes, I I think if sponsors just keep leaving, like big time sponsors like this, I think we might see a switch to a more F one oriented business model where teams benefit directly from the money that the sport makes instead of having to rely on outside money well, because that's what, they're, that's what they're fighting for right now i think they're kind of see the writing on the wall they're like okay look at all these sponsors leaving i mean m&m's leaving who would have thought that would have happened a year ago yeah i i would agree it's it's there's there, there's been a lot of big ones leaving. At, at the same time, there's also companies that have stepped up their game. I mean, I think Bass Pro's on a ton of cars now. You know, sponsors come and go, but it would be really nice to see a like a big name, instantly recognizable corporation return or at least stick around because... Um, it's getting it's it's getting hard to watch all these all these big big companies leave. I don't want us to get to the point where most of the sponsors are just like random NASCAR Heat Five sponsors. 
just unrecognizable local companies, which it was nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's nice to, you know, see, oh, the Coca-Cola car or the Mountain Dew car or whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's fun, right? Yeah. Well, there's still, there's still a handful. You've got Blaney and Elliot. Um, you've got Truex at the moment. I I don't think Bass Pro is going anywhere. The the new Mahindra deal for for uh Briscoe from last year. There'll still be plenty. I mean, Larson's five car is gonna become iconic at this point. Like that's gonna be a like a, a classic race car in, in 20, 30 years. So there'll still be stuff sticking around. Speaking of RFK, let's move on to segment two, where we're going to start our team previews as we do every year. Once the calendar flips over to January, we're going to start with RFK Racing, Front Row Motorsports, and their new partner, Rick Ware Racing. That's coming up next. Previewing all six of those cars. And this was a good one. Pit podcast you made it to segment two of this week's show we've got the first of our team previews and we've got three teams on tap today front row motorsports rick Ware racing and rfk racing how uh here what, what what do you want to start with do you want to work from the bottom up maybe so starting with rick Ware. yes no rfk haha <laughs> yeah we can start with rick, rick uh rick Ware. yeah that 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 sounds good all right. Well, they haven't confirmed anything, but the one one of the bigger news pieces of this offseason was that they're allying themselves with uh, Roush Fenway Kislowski Racing and moving on to their campus. So I think that they'll they have two charters. They're going to run two cars next year. I'd assume the fifty one is Cody Ware again. That's probably a pretty safe guess. Yeah, and then the fifteen will be. A whole bunch of different drivers, I would assume. I honestly wish it would just be David Reagan for most of the season. Or Have just him run full-time. Time. I don't know yeah. if he wants to run full-time. Probably doesn't, but man, he's he had some decent runs in that 15 car. Like, that 15 car is not terrible. Certainly better than the 51. Well, it's the same car. It's just David Reagan is a better driver. Yeah, I would like to see David come back. He He was always a cool driver. Now, do we have any increased expectations for Cody Ware and, and the team in general? Let's let's actually let's talk about the cars first. But them operating out of the RFK campus, what what do you think they'll look like next year? Um, it honestly depends on how RFK performs compared to Stuart Haas, which you know, following the trends, I guess that we've seen lately, it's. You could probably say they run about the same most most weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would say it's probably a pretty lateral move. If RFK gets significantly better, which I think could happen, um, maybe RF, uh, maybe Rick Ware Racing, you know, instead of running 26th, they run 24th. Um, there's not really much to talk about when it really comes to them, honestly, because 
they've never really shown any significant improvement or any sort of, you know, ambitious moves to try to get competitive. I mean, getting an alliance isn't exactly ambitious. I mean, uh, Lifast had an alliance. They weren't exact. They weren't doing anything with them. Uh, alliances don't really matter that much if the team itself isn't, you know, trying to to get better. And Rickwear has never really shown any sort of effort to get better. So I think I it's pretty lateral. I would agree. I think they'll make another small improvement over last year. They've at least stopped being the joke, I think, for the most part, is that they're respectable, they're slow, but they're they're not in the way very much anymore, and that's honestly the important thing, really. Um, so I, I expect to see they'll probably get a top 10 or two at a super speedway. Maybe they'll take a big jump and find speed somewhere. I don't know. But I I think they'll be like front row motorsports from five years ago, you know, N- not in the way, not a problem, just there, available to pop up for a race or two and and do all right. I don't know. Um, well we'll see. Maybe I'll maybe I should have someone place a bet for me on a Cody Ware win and just see what happens. Um, I totally forgot about this. I just remembered this. Joey Hand was really good when he ran in the, in the fifteen car. That's um, right. I totally forgot about him. If if I would have to choose someone in, in the 15, either David Reagan or Joey Hand, like full-time. They're both really good. Joey Hand only did road courses, though. I think he, would, he wouldn't be terrible if he, if he tried his hand at you know, a larger schedule. I think he would do pretty good. That would be an interesting uh, experiment, for sure. Uh, let's move on to Front Row Motorsports. Uh, for the first time in, I believe, four years, they returned the same driver lineup as last year. With McDowell in the 34 and Todd Gilliland in the 38. Expectations for them. Now, of course, me being a big McDowell fan, I am always high on front row motorsports. I'm always high on on Michael McDowell. Um, I think this is a team capable of winning the 34 team and the 38 team as well. I think Todd Gilliland is a lot better than people think. Um, What are your... Thoughts and expectations for them, and then I'll give mine as well. Um, I think Michael could be a like right on the bubble playoff driver. Like he would, he would probably if if we don't have sixteen winners again or like a ridiculous amount of winners until Daytona in the summer. I think we could see a scenario where Michael is like two points above the cut line going into Daytona or something like that, like right on the bubble with with Todd like one or two spots behind, like right out of playoff contention, right? Because they've been getting really good, and they clearly have a plan laid out. Like Michael is is still good, and but he obviously he's getting up there in age, and he would seem like the type of driver that would you know call it, you know, in his early forties to spend time with family, and that's when you take Zane Smith, which they've been grooming for a while now. That you take Zane Smith, maybe after you know a modest Xfinity campaign, and you put him in the thirty four car and. And, you know, in a year or two, you might have him running about as well as McDowell did. And, it, you know, that that would be really good for them. Yeah, I'd agree. I think uh, the one thing I am concerned about is I think Blake Harris made a big difference for the 34 team. We'll, we'll know pretty quickly um, whether it was just the team overall improving or if Blake Harris was just a stud crew chief. Um, I hope it's the, the earlier one. Um, but, yeah, I think McDowell will compete 
there will be a road course or two where he runs top five, competes for a win, leads laps. He'll be up front at all the super speedways. Um, he always seems to do well at, at other certain tracks. He always seems to have decent runs at Pocono and, and some others as well. So there will be races that the team looks bad. Um, McDowell is horrible at Richmond. Um, I've noticed. And, but yeah, and I think Todd shows a lot of promise. I think he really shows some flashes that makes people start trying to pencil him in for bigger rides. And so, uh, that, that the, the whole team is promising. I think they can easily, they can, they're definitely able to put a car in the playoffs next year. I agree. Yeah. The 34 car, especially. Yes. All right. RFK racing. Finally, the 17 of Chris Busher, the six of Brad Kozlowski. Take it away with your, uh, hyped up predictions, Eric, for your favorite team. Um, well, come on. You, I'm sure you watched races towards the end of the season in the playoffs and you mu- must have noticed that they were legitimately fast at some uh, at really late points in the season. I'm thinking about Texas, that mess of a race where Brad won the pole, led like, I think like 30 or so laps, maybe more, maybe less. I don't remember exactly. But um, be- before that stupid speeding penalty, whatever it was, he was actually legitimately fast. Then in stage three, when the sun set, Busher was in the top five before he fell victim to the tire issues. But he was also really fast. Um, Busher won a race. Uh, Keselowski was fast at Martinsville, um, fast at Talladega. They're, they're getting good. They're getting better. And um, I think over the offseason, um, they're going to take all of the stuff they learned throughout the season in a, you know, less than predictable season with the next gen car take all the stuff they learned uh, you know all the stuff they should do and shouldn't do and they're gonna apply it in 2023 and we're gonna see uh a big improvement i I think we're gonna see both rfk cars in contention for the playoffs throughout the entirety of of the 2023 season yeah i would agree they the last couple races of the playoffs they looked they looked like they were back brad looked like he was uh, back to his former form, uh, leading laps, the entire playoffs, really leading laps up front, running well. And I would agree there. They are primed for a, a, a turnaround season. And um, I would say they get one car in the playoffs. Definitely. They definitely win another race. And um, from there, who knows? I think Brad wins a race. Busher can certainly win a race, but Brad Brad's gonna get back in victory lane for sure. Yeah, I I I see the six car making the playoffs this year. I think that's really doable, especially with sixteen cars in the playoffs. I mean, and and with how many older drivers are falling off, like Truex fell off, you know, and he, he doesn't really seem to, you know, be in at the same level he was race win wise. Um, I feel like he. He is primed and ready to make that jump up with, with the six team. And this is like the best opportunity to do so when when the guard is changing, right? When older drivers are starting to fall off in performance, this is like a perfect opportunity to take a team that wasn't as good before and build them back up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and as we've seen with new teams recently, it, it takes it, it looks like it's a two-year process. I mean, track house year one. 
not great. Year two, pretty good. Uh, really good. Uh, 23-11, year one, not great. Year two, much, much better. And so I would expect to see the same from RFK Racing this year um, to see them take that, that next step forward. In fact, uh, they're probably ahead of the other two already because they won a race. Chris Buescher had a had a really solid season overall, and and I, I am very optimistic. This is definitely a, a playoff team in 2023. So that'll do it for our first installment of Team Previews. And uh, coming up next, uh, next week, I, I think we'll do some of the back of the field, uh, mid-pack, back of the field, Chevy teams. Um, and then we'll start working through the big teams. Uh, hopefully, I think I got it timed out perfectly that we'll do the last one the week before Daytona. But um, that, that'll do it for this uh, segment two, team previews. Coming up next, trying something new. We're doing an F1 preview for the upcoming Formula One season. That'll be segment three on the Quick Pit Podcast. back to the quick pit podcast i'm your host ethan joined by eric this week you've made it to the third and final segment of this week's show where we're going to be previewing the 2023 formula one season as they get prepared for their second year with new regulations this new car that's supposed to make racing closer and, and better i don't know how it did in 2022 um, max verstappen and red bull will try to defend their titles verstappen defending his two straight Formula One titles and the rest of the field tries to play catch up for a car that was very much the best at the end of 2022. How do you initially feel, I guess, about this uh, Formula One season? I'm I'm not as excited as as I was last year. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, same here. Um, this is largely in part due to Sebastian Vettel not racing. Um, I was really hoping that Aston Martin would take a big step forward with, with Seb last year and, and he would have a good a good season. Um so him leaving and Aston Martin not you know doing much last last year was was really disappointing and def- is definitely taking some of the hype I have out of out of uh, out of the season. Um but also due to the fact that um I was expecting more parody and um that just really hasn't happened yeah i mean it, it was pretty much same old same old in fact in some in some characteristics it was there was less parody than the year before because only four teams made it on the podium as opposed to i believe seven in 2021 um seven out of the ten teams made it in 2021 whereas last year's the big three ferrari mercedes and red bull and then mclaren got one with Lando Norris. Um, let's get into the the new drivers on the grid, starting with Nick DeFries, who filled in for um it was Albon, right? Uh it was Latifi. Is Latifi? No, no, you're right. It was Albon because yeah. I remember people like making fun of Latifi for getting outran by the replacement driver in that race. Yeah. 
So the the race is a Formula E champion, um, reserve driver for Mercedes last year, um, filled in for uh, Alex Albon in the Williams, uh, the pretty much known to be probably the worst car on the grid, um, and uh, finished ninth in the Williams, got in the points in his uh, first and only start so far in Formula One. Really impressive finish. He gets a seat at AlphaTauri, replacing Pierre Gasly, who's going to um, Alpine. Uh, he'll be alongside Esteban Ocon as Fernando Alonso leaves Alpine to replace Vettel at Aston Martin. Uh, nice little chain reaction there. Um, what do you think the season will look like for DeFries? He's definitely very talented, a very skilled driver. This is his, He's finally got his shot in Formula One. What's your expectations for him next year? Um, I would say the Vries is probably one of the uh, best rookies, I guess, that we've seen lately in F1. I think him and Lando are probably, I would say, about equal in skill ceiling at the moment. Um, so I'm really excited to see uh, how he's going to do. I think he's going to do really well. Uh, for 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 the team he's driving for, I think he, we're going to see him consistently fighting for, you know, right around the mid pack, like sixth place, sixth seventh place, right around there. Um, I I think he's going to do really well, like better than most rookies we've seen lately. Does he even count as a rookie? How old is he? Well, I I think he's a rookie because this is his you know first full time season. Yeah, but he's he doesn't he he has experience. He is twenty seven. He has more experience than the other two rookies. We'll, we'll put it that way, and seems more of a veteran presence than 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 some. Let's get into the other rookie. I think I agree with you. I think he's gonna outrun Sunoda. I think he's gonna look really good some races, but Alphatari is also very much a mid pack team, and so I don't expect him to. To have like a Verstappen or you know, he's not gonna set the world on fire from from the Alphatari. Um next we have Oscar Piastri, another rookie replacing Daniel Ricardo at McLaren. I we're gonna get to bold takes later, but I don't think he's gonna do very well. Yeah, um I would agree. Um Mc, McLaren is a the McLaren is apparently a very, very hard car to drive. Um so him being a you know first time driver for a rookie like as bare bones as they get, um I think he's gonna have a tough time handling the beast, taming it. Um, Lando was an outlier. Um, I just think that really shows how good he is that he's able to get the results out of the McLaren that he does, because Ricardo is a veteran and he struggled massively with with the with the McLaren like. Him winning Monza wasn't necessarily just, you know, it wasn't because he's better than Lando. It just, he could have gone both ways, right? Yeah. So I think Oscar's going to gonna be in for a rude awakening, unfortunately, which I, I'm not hoping he, like, does bad because why would I? I don't know anything about him. But um, I, I think he's going to struggle because this is probably not the best team you would want to start out with. I'm going to, I might as well, since we're on the topic, I'm going to give my bold take now. And and that's that McLaren is a bottom half of the grid team this year. That 
even Lando cannot overcome it. And it's it becomes apparent that Ricardo was not the problem really fast. That that the car is the problem and Ricardo was just the scapegoat. And I'm sure this I've seen this sentiment repeated online. I know it's not a super original take, but I definitely agree with it. Is that I don't think McLaren is very good. And I would love for them to be good, but I don't think they're very good. And it sucks, but <laughs> they're they're I I expect them to be sixth or worst in constructors next year. And so that that's bold take number one. The final rookie and and probably the one that I'm most excited about, even though he probably will put up the least results, is Logan Sargent for Williams Racing, replacing finally the goat Nicholas Nicholas Latifi. Um so sad to see Latifi go, but you know, um all great things must come to an end, Eric, as as I'm sure you know very well. Um, any thoughts on on the loss of of Latifi before we move move forward? Um, there will not be a better driver ever. Never, never. I can tell you're sincere. Um, Logan Sargent, first American since Alex Rossi in 2015. No, 2016. Still, long time. Um, first full-time driver since uh, Scott Speed, assuming he makes it the full season. Um, coming off a season in F2 where he won two races, finished fourth in the points, got the super large, super, super, super license. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. And uh, graduates to F1. I'm excited to finally have an American to root for. He's already my favorite driver, even though he will be driving for the worst car on the grid. Um but that's that's my uh, my hope is that he can turn in a couple results. If he can get in the points a couple times, I think it would be a very successful season. Yeah, um, I, I would like also like to see a couple races where he outruns Alban because um, that would raise his stock up by a good bit. Like that would turn some heads if he outruns his teammate in the first year especially considering no one really has such expectations for him. I agree that that would be really interesting. It'll be fascinating because of how big formula one is growing in America. If anyone will, if he shows any signs of promise or talent, a bigger team will snap him up. Right. Oh yes, definitely. Like, like if he scores like 15 points next year, if he, if he starts to look like the second George Russell, do you, I wouldn't be shocked if you see him going somewhere big. And so the, the future right now is hypothetically bright for, for Logan Sargent. I'm very excited about that. All right, let's get into um, here. Does does anyone unseat Verstappen, or is it another Verstappen Red Bull runaway? Um, I'm looking at Mercedes, not Ferrari. Um, I am scared of praising Ferrari in any way, I feel like I would curse them. Um, but I think Mercedes... Oh, or that. I, I don't trust them, honestly. Um, but I see Mercedes coming back uh, this year. Um, we saw a little a little spark towards the end of the year with, with Russell winning. Um, I think Mercedes will come back this year. Um, I don't think Ferrari's going to drop off. Um, I think they're probably going to be about as as good as they were last year. I think you might see them win a couple races, 
But I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, in the battle for the championship, I think it's going to be Red Bull and Mercedes. Huh. I would say I don't think Max will have nearly as dominant this season. Um, He'll still win the title. That's my prediction. He'll go three straight. Um, But Ferrari's going to – they're going to get four or five wins as as a team, and Mercedes will get four or five wins as a team. Like, it won't be as much of a blowout this year. It'll be a little bit closer, but by the last month of the season, it's going to be obvious it's Verstappen again. There's – I don't think there's any stopping him for a couple years. Him and Red Bull are just too much of a force to – to stop at this point. It'll take a couple of years to for the whole field to catch up to them. Um let's let's here off just no planning whatsoever. Constructors rankings uh from one to ten. Or yeah, from one to ten. Oh boy. Um here's what I think. I think um just, I'm gonna go in, in a little bit of detail just for the first for the first spot for the championship. Um I think while Red Bull is going to be overall the better team, I think Perez is not going to be better than, uh, than like the second Mercedes driver, like whichever that will be, right? Like, I, it depends if Russell takes a big step forward, or Hamilton cl- takes his spot back as number one. I think we might see Mercedes take the constructors. I think overall as a team they're going to be better than Max and and Perez combined. Okay, so that's that's first. Yes, I have Mercedes as as the constructors. Um, I have Red Bull very slightly behind. Then I have Ferrari. I have um, Aston Martin with Alonso and Stroll. Interesting. Then I have Alpine. Um, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tari, um, McLaren, Williams, Haas. Ooh, McLaren 7th. Wow. Okay, that's um. Wait, McLaren Williams Haas or McLaren Haas Williams? Uh, McLaren McLaren Williams Haas Haas is in last. Really? Yes. You don't you don't like? Oh, we didn't talk about Hulkenberg. You don't like Hulkenberg coming back? Uh, I like Hulkenberg, but um, I just feel like that kind of puts the team in a bit of a dead end. I mean, they don't really have a driver of the future anymore but both Magnussen and Hulkenberg are older drivers you know towards the end of lower half of their career and Haas doesn't really seem to have much ambition to get better at this point they're kind of just there you know they're the Rick Ware of F1 at this point they're just kind of there running around yeah so I don't really have I don't really have much faith in them, in them anymore okay that, that's fair I'll go I'll go Red Bull Mercedes Ferrari then I'll have Alpine. Um, you know, I think Guan Yu Zhou is an interesting one. I think he'll take a step forward. Yeah, he was really good, all things considered, in 2022. I think... I'll go Aston Martin 5. I think Alonso will drag that team to some good runs. Then McLaren. No, I'll go Alfa Romeo. 
No, 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 no. Scratch that. We'll go McLaren because Lando is still really good, and I think he's better than Botas. And then I think Piastri and Joe would Joe would be about the same. I think I think Lando can drag the the smoldering heap of a McLaren to some more points. Then we'll go Alfa Romeo in seventh. Um, AlphaTauri eighth. Uh, we'll go Haas ninth and Williams tenth. I don't think Haas and Williams will be really close, but I think Haas edges them out just with the experience. As much as I want Sargent to ex- su- succeed, I don't think he'll do very well in his rookie. So um, he'll be my my pick for for that. All right. Finally, we'll close this out with some bold predictions. Any any bold predictions for you uh, to to enter the 2023 Formula One season? Um, I think we'll see another red flag at, uh, for, you know, a larger scale accident at some point in the season. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this is a bold prediction because that is indeed something that doesn't happen that often in F1. Um, bigger accidents, you know, with multiple cars, that stuff doesn't happen as much as it would a NASCAR, for example. So I feel like that is pretty bold. Um, I think, um, this is kind of, you know, a going hand in hand with my prediction of Red Bull losing the constructors. I think we're going to see the relationship between Perez and Verstappen continue to deteriorate a little bit. Um, and, uh, I think we're going to see, um, Alonso compete for at least one win at some point in the season. That was one of mine. Um, I'm going to go... Both Alpines get a podium, and one of them wins a race. And I'm going to say, eh, what the heck? Hulkenberg gets his first podium. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. I don't know. I hope so. I like Hulkenberg, but. The Haas is really just where drivers go to die, it seems. <laughs> just careers go to die. Nothing really happens at Haas. Um, and here, one more one more on the track basis. Um, I'm going to say they announce a race in, in Africa next year. Oh, that would be cool. I know there's talk about a South African race, but um, yeah. By the way, before we close this out, um, the 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 Chinese Grand Prix isn't happening. Uh, what what track fills that? What's your pick? Um, I would like to see Turkey come back. Um, I mainly because I know it's a fan favorite, and because it would be pretty darn close to me to for a potential visit to track at some point if it's it close came, it's closer to hungary i think if it came back would you try and go if, if that was a race in a couple of years probably i would yeah oh well well that's the thing is that like the um shoot where where's the turkey track it's in istanbul istanbul I think it would only come back for a year, like as a fill-in. 
Maps say eight hours from your your city. Isn't that about the same as for Hungary? Uh I I think Hungary might be a little further away. Oh, Hungary is eleven and a half. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can do that. You could you could do that for a weekend. I mean, that's what I'm gonna be doing for Indy this spring, Connor and I. But Indy is like the same distance from from us as as Turkey is from you or Istanbul. So it'll be doable. Yeah, but um, I I I would hope it would stay on the schedule for more than a year because it would be kind of out of left field to try to do this year. Try and like, rank oh, let, yeah, yeah. Let's go to Turkey. Not something you really just spontaneously plan on doing out, out of the blue. It's 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 not as easy for us to you know go to a different country to travel than it is for you guys to you know go beyond state borders. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I say that flippantly, and then uh, it is it is when you have would you have to pass through two different countries to get there, or uh, you share a border? We would just probably have to go across the Black Sea, probably. Would you fly? Yeah. Oh. we're driving to Indy, <laughs> so. That would be a fun, fun road trip. If we were uh, to drive, we would have to go for Bulgaria and Greece. Oh, and that's just extra hassle. Yeah, or if we take like a a really specific route just through Bulgaria, huh. but like it, it, it's just a it would be a really tough drive because it, it would be like a really long distance, and you know gasoline prices aren't exactly ideal lately. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Gas is finally starting to come down here. I filled up this afternoon and it was three sixty nine a tank and a couple weeks ago it was above four. So that was nice. Um my state is still the fourth highest in gas prices though, which sucks. But yay. Yay. <laughs> um any final thoughts for this week's episode before we uh close it out? Um this is like really out of this is like really out of left field, but um, I might be slightly biased towards wanting Red Bull to fail because of everything that happened with Austria and Romania in the European Union recently. Oh, I don't. I am full on the Red Bull boycott train right now. Is Red Bull from Austria? Yes. Oh, people are not buying Red Bulls here anymore. It, the brand is dead in the water. But. The brand has nothing to do with it. Oh, I, I know, but it's just like, we just hate seeing the Red Bull dumb that, little logo nowadays. That's fair, but I don't think it hurts Austria. And yeah, anyway, but that's... Y'all, you, you do you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can understand the basis for the boycott, though based off of what you've told me, but we will not get into the politics on this week's episode. Um, so as we wrap this week up, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we have, according to the NASCAR website, 33 days, three hours, 42 minutes, and seven seconds to the clash. Uh, 32 days until cars on track for practice. We're, we're a month away. We can make it. Can We can make one more week, I think. So, um, yeah, that's that's something to be excited about. Next week, it'll be uh, even less. By the time this episode goes up, it'll be 30. Um, 
we're getting close to racing. You can almost hear those engines roaring once again. And uh, yeah, so thank you for coming on. No problem. Uh, always fun. Yes, of course. And so that'll do it for this week's episode of the Quick Fit Podcast. Thank you to SpoilerDieCast.com, 213Simware.com, and Washington on the Daily. Check the links for all those in the description. Big thank you to Eric for coming on the show and guest hosting this week. And we'll see you next week on the Quick Fit Podcast.